Welcome back to the third episode of That Race is for You. When my son Hosanna started full-time school, I was excited about having more hours to myself. I would drop both him and his sister off at school around 8.50 a.m. and then walk back home. I actually thought I had completed the assignment God gave me and now I was free to do what I desired while waiting for that blessing he'd promised me. I then started looking for a job. I applied for administrative jobs and I felt that I would work out the child-minding details around my job. After all, we would be in a position to pay for that service. I did get shortlisted for a few, but I always ended up not getting the job because of my visa status. You see, at this time, we had to renew our visas every year in mid-August. Because most of these were permanent vacancies, most employers were not willing to hire someone like me who would not guarantee that I would be in that position for a year. After about three rejections, I thought about not disclosing my visa status at the next interview. I knew of people who had got jobs that way. I had successfully got to the final stage where it was just the two applicants left for an administrative assistant job in a hospital. I felt like I had done well at the panel interview. As I was getting ready to leave, one of the panelists asked, I'm assuming you don't have any visa problems and all your papers are in order? For a minute, I wanted to say yes, but there was less than six months left on my visa. So I volunteered the information. There was what felt like a minute's silence. And the three panelists looked at each other. And two of them said, Oh, that changes things a little bit. One of them quickly added, You will hear from us. As I closed the door behind me, I heard one of them say, That's not good. I felt sick about the prospect of missing out on that job because of visa implications. I felt condemnation starting to creep in. Why did you volunteer that information? I got onto the bus and headed home, feeling really low, but praying that my visa shortcomings would be overlooked since I was still legally allowed to work with those few months left on my visa. I got a letter in the mail the following day explaining to me exactly what I had feared. I lost out because it was a permanent job and my visa fell short, but they would keep my details on file. I really needed this job, I told God. It was a 10-minute commute on the bus. I had completed my IT course and was now ready for employment. 
I actually thought that getting this job would be one of the blessings God had promised me for serving my family for the last two years. The job came with many extra benefits that would eradicate a lot of the financial needs we had. This was both an administrative and data entry job for the NHS, which I felt I'd be very good at. For my Ugandan listeners, this is the National Health Service. It would be two and a half years before we qualified for the indefinite stay visa as a family. This meant the annual visa renewals were still on for us and it wasn't cheap. I consoled myself by believing that God had something better for me, although I couldn't imagine myself not working for that duration. I could feel my peace starting to leave, so I committed it to God, although still disappointed. One time, as I was watching TV, I saw an advert from a company called Clean Easy, which was a business model that was designed for people like me who wanted to be self-employed working from home. It didn't require me to have an indefinite stay visa. I did some research about the company and later talked to Ken about it. We looked at the reviews of the people who had made money from it and we both felt that this was a good fit for me. The structure was a bit similar to that of Avon Cosmetics, but with Clean Easy, there was no requirement for quarterly orders, only a monthly membership fee. This time, I made sure I read through all the small clauses about the Clean Easy business so as not to repeat past mistakes. I called one of the representatives and we arranged a meeting. When he further explained to me the business model, I felt this would work for me. The way it was set up was that I would first order a set of catalogs from Clean Easy to push through people's doors without not letting them know when I'd be back to pick up the catalogs and their orders had they made any. The recipients had three days to look through the catalogs to place orders. I would then go back knocking at each door and whether or not they had made any orders, I had to get the catalogs back to use at another batch of addresses. So it was important that I got all those catalogs back because my future orders and sales depended on them. For any orders I got from such addresses, I would then buy from the Clean Easy Warehouse. When the products were delivered to me, I would then take these to their recipient. It was a very long process, but I thought I'd be able to do it because I had more free time on me. I had never realized how hard it was to push mail through the letterboxes until I started this business. I decided to go to affluent roads in order to make more money. Clean Easy had unique products that were not in normal supermarkets and I managed to get some good orders from a few clients, which was very encouraging. Most of my clients were elderly people who were very nice. I quickly found out that they enjoyed a little bit of conversation because many of them lived on their own. I started learning their names and looked forward to our small chats every now and then. With these particular individuals, they were very complimentary and encouraging. 
The biggest challenge though was I lost three quarters of the catalogs on the first attempt of leafleting and this continued throughout. People would not open their doors for me to collect the catalogs. By this time it was winter and it got dark around 3.30 p.m. I would learn later that many people didn't feel comfortable opening their doors to strangers especially when it got dark. Others were just plain rude, angrily banging the door in my face. Some just threw the catalogs away as junk. Other days, it was raining constantly and catalogs would get wet with pages sticking together as I pushed them through the doors. Some addresses had dogs and I came very close to having my fingers bitten off one evening. That was one address I avoided like the plague from then on. I learned very quickly that I had to buy thick winter gloves to avoid bruises the letterbox shutters had heavily inflicted on my fingers in the first couple of days. Ken would sometimes help me in the evening. We would put the kids in the car after dinner to go and drop the catalogs through people's doors. We pushed their bedtime from 7pm to 8pm. Seven months after I had first worked with Clean Easy, they went into administration and the company was dissolved. I continued to search for home-based jobs because for me, that looked like the only option all other jobs available could not cover the costs of childcare. Our visas at the time had that clause of no recourse to public funds, meaning that I didn't qualify for any financial support as a working mother with young children like many nationals or immigrants who had the indefinite stay visa. Neither did our children qualify for the child benefit support, which is given to all children in the UK up to the age of 16 years. Our finances were really tight at this point with no visible way out. Ken was already stretched, working in 14 different schools in a week and also giving private tuitions for piano from our home between 3.40 and 4.40 p.m. every day. I was starting to feel desperate. I have endless stories about job hunting in these two years, which were all futile causing us to lose money instead. Every time I got on my knees to pray about getting a job, what would come to my spirit was the same thing. Stay at home and serve your family. That is how I am going to bless you. When I first shared with Ken what God had told me, he wasn't really surprised. He told me he supported me and was behind me 100%. I will testify that that he has faithfully and joyfully done, my husband Ken. He would, however, see the frustration about the failed jobs and his shoulder was always there for me to cry on. He was there to listen patiently and he never condemned me about not sticking to what God had told me to do. We can trust God because he has a reputation of coming through even when it has been on the 11th hour. I am giving you my anthology of what I had to go through so that you may be encouraged and have your faith restored to get back on that path and run your race. The same God who helped me 
and carried me through these seemingly stagnant times is the same God who will carry you through. Remember, faith does not mean that things are easy. It means things are possible. Don't walk on your path for the sake of just walking. Walk wisely, integrously, and faithfully. As a stay-at-home mom, do it as unto God. Have a spirit of excellence in whatever you do, even when nobody's watching. Remember, excellence is not an act, but a habit. I pray and hope you have been encouraged to get back into the rest. That rest is for you and you are built for it. See you next time.